Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about why we need a Weapons 2.0 update in Beyond Light. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any podcast platform, you can catch these live broadcasts on SayNoToRage.com. It'll take you to YouTube. You can hit the subscribe button and the bell button so you don't miss these streams Monday through Friday. If you want to become a paying member to do VIP call-ins or Q&A, you can click the join button and do that. And the VIP and Q&A sessions are always listed below now as unlisted videos. You need those hyperlinks to watch them. Uh, if you're listening to audio, they are just a part of the entire episode. So the, the reason I'm talking about this is because there was a recent update I'm going to read from and reference throughout this video about ghosts. They're doing an update to Ghosts and Beyond Light, and it really got my the, you know the wheels turning about how could they do a Weapons 2.0 without getting rid of going for a perfect role. I still think grinding for a role, grinding for a god role, is a part of the Destiny experience. It's part of the identity of Destiny. I don't want to get rid of that. But I also want to see an enhanced version of what we can do with weapons to, you know, modify them, change them, etc. And I'm using the Ghost Shell TWAB as my springboard. So that's where I'm going to start with the video. And then I'm going to ask the question, what about guns? Aren't guns sort of owed their due for an update? I know people are going to leave comments and be like, wouldn't it be Weapons 3.0? Listen, Forsaken really didn't bring Weapons 2.0. It didn't fundamentally change the way we interacted with weapons. It just brought back random roles. Armor 2.0 can fundamentally change the way we interact with armor from weapon affinity to leveling up the energy to having different mods with different energy values armor 2.0 was an overhaul of the entire system and adding random rolls back to the game was not that I think somebody aptly said this morning it was more like weapons 1.1 it was a very minor update giving us back what we had in D1 so I would consider what they've done to armor and the ghost shell you know in in incoming would be a true weapons 2.0 update And I'm going to end the video with how would this work? What would it look like? I'm going to put meat on the bones for you and give you some ideas about how I think they could pull this off. So let's just read this here. Just a couple of lines. They said in Beyond Light, Ghost will receive a system update that shares some functionality to what was done with armor in Shadowkeep. So they're drawing a direct connection here between what they did to armor in Shadowkeep with armor 2.0 and what they're doing with the Ghost. They're going to have energy levels and access to mods with varying energy costs and instead of being preloaded with specific perks now I don't really think this was necessary I don't think they needed to do this swapping your ghosts out's not that big of a deal they're very marginal benefits but the fact that they're combing over another piece of loot in the game and adding the 2.0 system to it the energy system and the mod system to it really gives me hope they're going to be doing something very very similar with the weapons because there wasn't a large impetus to do this. I mean, it, it's this is great. This is really, really good for uh, Guardians to have more customization options, but no one cares, I don't think, that much about what their ghosts look like, but I think this was a really, really good pivot. So let's come down here to the image to kind of show you what it's going to look like. There are four mod categories shown here, four slots, and they have said that taking a ghost shell up to its maximum energy is only going to cost you some glimpses and some enhancement cores. It's not going to be very expensive. It's not going to be similar to how much you spend to get your armor all the way up to 10. That would be a little absurd. It's just a ghost. 
they highlight two particular mods and they show you uh, there is an XP mod, a finder mod, a glimmer mod, and then an activity mod. So here they're highlighting the XP mod going all the way up to costing 6 energy and 12%. And then you come down here to the activity mod, giving you the ability for a chance at uh, enhancement prisms and strikes and nightfall. So you got the four slots and the mods seem to have a spectrum of how good they are in accordance to how much energy they cost. So this I think is a great change and we desperately need a gun update you know the boring perks I think kind of hurt year 3 if we look at year 3 it was great to see new perks come into the game and at least one new gun archetype come into the game with the martyrs retribution but I do think the lack of perk innovation and the lack of gun depth is one of the primary things that hurt year 3 Season of the Worthy could have been redeemed if the weapons themselves had really, really significantly unique things about them. They tried to do that with Warmind Cells, but then Tyrant Surge kind of uh, unseated anybody caring about those weapons. So, what about guns? Guns are owed their due. If you're going to bring this to the to the Ghost system, I really, really think that guns should get the same treatment at the same time. It's going to feel really backwards if Ghosts get updated before guns, since we've been kind of asking, hey, Armor 2.0 is pretty high. Can you bring something like that to guns? And ever since they added Armor 2.0, that's been a question I've seen asked everywhere. Even in interviews, even in interviews, I've seen Luke Smith asked about this. Um, Admittedly, admittedly, I will say this. Updating guns to a system like this is a much larger issue to tackle. These are very uh, inconsequential. Extra XP, Glimmer, or Finder, or chances at Prisms dropping is not that significant. Guns are very, very influential over to your over your experience in the game. A gun's power, uh, a gun's perks are something that would be a lot more difficult for them to tackle. So, I, I mean, I'll readily admit that this may have been a very, very easy system to add to Ghosts, and it might be more complicated to bring to weapons but i really think it would be a a very very fitting time to do it since stasis is showing up and we would like to see the weapons become more interesting so how would they do this easiest way to tell you how they would do it is to look at an actual gun and walk you through what i think they could do so if you pull up a gun you'll notice very consistently there are four things that a gun can have The first category would be your sight, scope, or barrel. So obviously it's a sight on a dire promise, it's a barrel uh, on a a shotgun, and then it's like a scope on uh, on any of the other weapons. I believe snipers, it's a scope, right? Sometimes snipers actually get a barrel instead of a scope, but you get the gist. The first category is a sight, a scope, or a barrel. So that's always in the first. The second slot is usually something to do with the mag. Alloy mag, drop mag, extended mag. So that, you know, the very next one is typically hovering around the magazine. It even says magazine. And then the, the next two are called traits. So you have sight, first category sight scope or, or barrel. Then you have magazine. It literally says it, alloy magazine. And then beneath it, it says it's a magazine perk. So armor piercing rounds is categorized as a magazine perk. And then the next two are considered quote unquote traits. They genuinely fall into being a reload perk or a damage perk. Overflow being sort of a reload perk in a roundabout way. And then swashbuckler is a damage perk. So there's your four categories, your four lanes as it were, if you kind of picture it that way they're in sort of a lane 
What I would do is if I was adding this system is I would do the same thing they're doing on the ghost. This gun would soon would have an energy level. You take it up to level 10 and then there would be four mod slots. Each of those mod slots would enhance, change, or augment one of the four lanes. So you would have a sight, barrel, or, or, or scope um, mod. That'd be your first. The second would be a magazine mod. Not a perk, but a mod. And then the two traits, I don't know if they would want to break them down rigidly, but I'm going to give an example of how this might work. So imagine you get a gun that has dragonfly and you would go to the gun you'd level it up to level 10 and there would be dragonfly mods that would change augment or enhance dragonfly and obviously if you wanted the explosion to get two three and four times bigger each time you upgrade the mod you're like no 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 no. i want a four i want to i want an explosion to be four times the size well that would cost you more energy it would be more expensive to do the really really big expensive ones in the same way they're doing it on the ghost it's going to cost you more energy to get more xp okay so with the dragonfly you could change its size you could have it add dot damage to surrounding enemies but maybe it does decrease damage on the explosion when you do that blinding effect suppression effect a chain explosion if you know you're going to be going into an area and the explosion is going to cause other enemies to die it could chain the explosion and they could explode as well causing a nice little chain reaction now again you don't want to upset you know sunshot users and other people using exotics you don't want to make it too too good but the idea here would be that you would be augmenting enhancing changing or improving the existing perks in a way that doesn't break the game but it gives the gun a sense of utility reload perks and mag perks could have senses of utility emptying the mag uh, upon reload gives a certain type of uh, maybe energy grenade energy melee energy or something like that or uh, emptying the mag and reloading if you get enough kills maybe it procs some kind of a heal or something so you could add utility to the gun not through the perks themselves i don't think we should be making god rolls in this weapon pseudo system that i'm proposing it would be more along the lines of you enhancing the four lanes that are there i think the four mod slots we saw on the ghost really kind of put this you know put this idea in my mind because you can see here that would just line up very well with how guns exist right now so hopefully before beyond light we can get some clarity on if they are doing anything to the guns and i would love to see it be something along these lines so there's a very homogenized feel to the ui if you look at your armor your ghost or your guns they all have this energy they all have varying degrees of mods that cost more or less energy dependent upon the perk and the benefits that you get from them and i would love to see this happen we're going to transition to q a so if you're here live don't go anywhere please click subscribe and if you're listening to the audio versions or watching elsewhere please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the Q&A session that followed my talk about why we need a Weapons 2.0 update in Destiny. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or any of the podcast platforms that are out there, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That'll bring you right to the channel. You can hit subscribe and the bell button. If you want to join to submit questions or call in for VIP, hit the join button and pick between the various tiers of paid support greater with the first question says is removing the double primary system necessary for any type of 2.0 system to work for weapons i don't think so i mean i i think what you mean is you can still run double primary and is that standing in the way no because in my mind 
a, a weapons 2.0 would emulate what we see on the ghost that's why i use the ghost update and blog to springboard into this subject because i think it really sets things up nicely for a a four mod system on guns that would primarily enhance modify augment change improve whatever the four lanes the floor uh, the four slots uh the four slots that they have on a gun and so i but i don't think like double primary was in the way of it happening i think double primary was i mean i don't know double primary was like a miscalculation they thought they were going to be able to create like a competitive you know crucible and i think they thought that was going to be like really really good for the game from a marketing standpoint they probably looked at trials viewership and they looked at the twitch platform and how much they were kind of integrating themselves into the Twitch platform. And I think that was kind of the goal. Hey, if we can create a truly competitive crucible, 4v4, gun-based combat, um, I I think that that was the idea. Is If we can pull that off, we could do tournaments, and tournaments get big viewership and everything else. But it was just... It was a huge mistake. It was half-baked. It didn't play well. The maps didn't play well. It didn't flow well. Um, so, the... I think that was the goal, though. I think somebody should have pumped the brakes and been like, you don't even have dedicated servers. How how, how in the world do you expect to be, you know, a, a competitive uh, game? Um, so, the double primary was a, was a massive, massive misstep and miscalculation. And I don't think a 2.0 system could really even it's not that it it was standing in the way it's that the 2.0 system would need to land in a place where guns have perks and guns have things about them you can change and static rolls was probably more in the way than double primary uh if we were able to if we were able to run double primary with random rolls then a 2.0 system could have come to that it wouldn't it wouldn't necessarily have been a barrier so uh, Kevin says, um, with ghosts now becoming similar to armor with the energy system, do you think it's a foreshadowing for Bungie to implement it across the board, not just for weapons, but for sparrows and possibly ships as well? Well, for sparrows, I could say yes, because sparrows have perks on them. Um, you know, sparrows have a handful of things that they can do. I don't know what you would put on the ship. Um... I, I don't know what you would put on a ship. Now, if you want to completely, as I said, homogenize the UI so every piece of equipment that you look at looks like this, you'd be able to do it. You'd be able to say, hey, let's let's add like a perk here, let's add a perk there, and then you'd be able to do it. But without perks on uh, on, 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 on ships, I'm sorry, I can't see the system coming to ships. I, I could see it though uh, coming uh, coming to sparrows just to give you a little bit of that you know customization yeah you want an SSD hard drive perk on your ship so that you can let you know load faster <laughs> load faster into the public space yeah 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 Avenger a lot of people are concerned this could negate some of the role grinding if done wrong do you think that role grinding should still be something in the game as a core concept of endgame grind or should it be exclusive to the loot itself not the role of the stats or the perks 
number one, I don't think they're going to get rid of chasing the perfect role because that was something Luke Smith said they wanted to maintain. When they were looking at updating weapons and how we interact with weapons and infusion and stuff like that, he said they want to maintain that balance of chasing the perfect role while giving us some control. It was something like that. There's some sort of phrase that he used. And I remember I zeroed in on it because I was like, this is Luke Smith's commitment to still to still having a grind, a gun grind, a god roll grind. I don't think you can get rid of it. I really don't. It's part and parcel to the Destiny experience. It's honestly part and parcel to a looter shooter experience. You do similar things uh, in Borderlands. Borderlands is a very, very similar setup where you can farm a boss or farm a drop hoping for the best version of the drop. And, you know, I, I, I don't think, I don't think that you could take that away and replace it with something else. That's why I think this could be a system that enhances it. It enhances it. It says, okay, you got a god roll. Now, take it up a notch. You know, turn it up a couple... Turn turn each of the, the perks on the gun. Turn it up a little bit. You know, your dragonfly, your whatever. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can check out the Festival of Lost trailer later. Usually they're not that... I mean, it's probably pretty basic, I would think. It's just showing off all the cool stuff. So... I can't envision a world where I'm not chasing rolls on guns. I just can't envision how that would look um, as a as a player in this game after all these years. Uh, imagine a fine-tuned average weapon. Now imagine a fine-tuned god roll. I cannot see fine-tuning removing the chase of the god roll. Right, that's another way of looking at it. How many people would settle then and be like, oh, I'm not going for the god roll. But I will say this what you just outlined is exactly why the system would be so good because you because you would basically empower the more mid lane more casual player to make a weapon better that maybe wasn't so hot and they're like yeah you know what I this isn't that great um you know it's but it but it gets the job done and now I can make it a little bit better now I can take it up a notch with the uh with the with the with the modding system, you know. Darksider. In my opinion, one of the most frustrating as- frustrating aspects of weapons in Destiny 2 is that base weapon stats are tied to the weapon's RPM. Do you think Bungie, if they make a weapon 2.0, that they should move away from such a rigid system? If you need, I can provide images during Q&A. I I don't need images. I, there's not enough there's there's never going to be enough gear in the game for this. Every time we get on this subject, I've, I've talked about it with you before, I think. Maybe not. I've talked about it with other people in the community. It's like, there is not enough guns in the game for this. There aren't. I mean, they'd have to add so many weapons in order for this to work. In order for them to be able to say, hey, there's, you know, completely different stats and completely different, you know, uh, you know, base stats for this 600 RPM auto rifle compared to this 600 RPM auto rifle. Okay, that's great. How many 600 RPM auto rifles are you going to add every season or every year? How many? You'd need a ton. You'd need four or five of every single RPM on a regular basis because if not, that you number one, you wouldn't even notice the difference because usually there's only one or two per archetype whenever they deliver. I mean, think about when they deliver a season and you get 25 to 30 weapons. That's not enough weapons for this type of a system. So you get, I mean, you, and also 
I don't know how how much of a divergence on base stats can you really have without how much oh man this gun's got incredible range and then the next gun has terrible range well then no one's going to want to use the one with terrible range well this one has mediocre range this one has, has pretty good range and that's that's generally what we have now you know that's generally what we have now is we have we have weapon archetypes that are marginally different from each other at their base stats so I, I can't see there being enough quantity enough quantity to to do, to pull this off in a way where it would feel like it enhances the weapon pool there just aren't enough weapons added per expansion and per season they would have to basically take the entire weapon pool that exists right now when you go to collections all those guns would have to be available with new perks, new drops, and a new system, and then you could do that because there'd be so many weapons in the game. Uh, there'd be so many, you know. As as opposed as opposed to, I mean, what they do now is they generally add a you know twenty five to thirty weapons a season, and they throw in a couple of new perks, and we mainly focus on the perks. Another thing to think about here is. It's a lot easier for people to get excited about perks than to worry about stats and base stats. I do think, and Darksider asked this earlier, and I actually agree with him on this particular point, I do think it would be good to have the stat breakdown on weapons give more information. Give the actual numbers um, so that you can... You can... You can see, okay, this is a 40, this is a 45. I don't, I don't want to have to go to DIM... I don't want to have to go to uh, dim in order to to see what the stat numbers are. Um, you know, it's like that's that's not that's not a that's n- not that it's a problem because hardcore players generally are aware of tools like dim. But I think the more information you give, um, you know, the more information you give, the better. So. FYI, when you watch the Festival of the Lost video, it has a heavy metal sounding instrumental in it. Just want to warn you before you get blindsided. I'll probably mute it so it doesn't get like snagged by a, I don't know, a, a copyright like claim. I don't feel like getting my past broadcast demonetized. Click fire. What do you think about the idea behind the more you use your weapon, the more customizable it becomes, not just with perks, but physically with tiered ornaments or a way to customize the look of somewhat, make it your own, and being rewarded for the time you put in with using the weapon? I, I, I actually really, really like this idea for raid weapons. The more you run the raid with that weapon, you unlock a visual uh, ornamentation for it. And they talked about exotic accessories. Um... They talked about exotic accessories being a thing for endgame, for raids and endgame content. You know, I don't know if they're going to do anything like that for trials, but the way that the way that the weapons exist right now, I think that is room there, there is room there for the improvement and the customization of the ornamentation. And since they're no longer selling legendary weapon ornaments, then it'd be a perfect opportunity to say these trials weapons, these adept trials weapons, or these adept raid weapons, the more you use them, the more you can unlock really cool customization perks on them. 
the energy system would probably work very similarly to how it works now on armor and how they've announced how it's going to work on a ghost where you would invest the currency um, as opposed to oh you got to use it a bunch to unlock those mod slots so pull out the curated uh, roll on the horror story from uh, and the Braytek werewolf from collections so you have the highest infusion date you don't know what's going to happen at reset yeah that's true they can always, they can always update it though Someone said Haunted Forest. I don't think the Haunted Forest is the activity. I thought they said there was no activity this time around for Festival of the Lost. Um, Dim shows a lot more weapon stats in the in-game UI. I think the more information that we have, the better. You just don't want a weapons UI to get super cluttered. It's, you know, you don't want to overwhelm people. Or at least give people the opportunity to, like, slide over to a detailed stat page if they want it. So when you first pull up the weapon, it's got the basic pictures that we have now. You could slide down for appearance or slide over for uh, for a stat, like a, maybe a more in-depth stat page. They posted up a page for the event. Um, okay. We could check it out while we're talking, just because it'll probably have pictures and stuff. Here we go. Festival of the Lost. There you go. It's active October the 6th through November the 3rd. Free event for all players. Uh, Eva Levante has returned as the herald of the Festival of the Lost. This holiday is a time for guardians to indulge their sweet tooth, don irreverent masks, and celebrate the memories of those we have lost. The pyramid ships loom, Europa awaits, and darkness beckons. But for now, return to the tower, grab some candy, and remind yourself what you're fighting for. Uh, Secrets in the Forest. The Haunted Forest is open once again. Um... So it is here, and this time the spider wants you to bargain for your cooperation. Uh, meet with him, line your pockets with cipher decoders, and then race the clock within the dark corridors of the haunted forest. Keep your wits about you, and there may be more than one treasure chest awaiting for you at the end. And then down here, wrapped rewards. Ooh, like a mummy ship. That is pretty cool. Uh, an exotic sparrow, ship, and ghost are all wrapped up and ready for your collection. There are also new triumphs to unlock, new masks to wear, and more chances to get a perfect roll with the new perk possibilities on the Braytech Werewolf and Horror Story Auto Rifles. So apparently, those guns are getting a perk update. That's nice. Festival masks. Show your Festival of the Lost Spirit by collecting a variety of new masks and returning favorites. Acquire a Masquerader helmet from Ava and apply your mask ornaments to join the festivities um and then there's a little ornament with a skull and pyramid ships in the background that's actually a really dope ornament uh, i'm sorry emblem that's a really dope emblem uh if you find yourself constructing a throne made of candy there's a chance you earned a triumph that grants you a new festival of lost emblem check by logging bungee rewards and see how close you are to unlocking it uh, embody the spirit of the festival with a new line of spooky universal armor or- armor ornaments that bring out your inner ghoul hop on your broomstick make sure your ghost equips with their witch hat and your ghastly durance doesn't scare your enemies to death try using a new one inch punch finisher vessel of loss play for free and then there's a guide we can click on there you go uh in order to launch a haunted forest to be unlocked you gotta be uh players must select the haunted forest mode in the tower um alongside the a completion reward chest at the end of the hot and forest activity players will also find five optional caches available to unlock these caches can only be opened using cipher decoders which can be acquired via random world drops and activity completions outside the haunted forest so that's what the cipher looks like it looks like a little pocket watch uh and then the horror story and the, and the bray tech uh 
random rolls in the Bray Tech and the Horror Story Auto Rifle. So the Horror Story is getting random rolls because it doesn't have random rolls right now, right? It's just a static roll. Uh, Bounties will offer Bright Dust Glimmer Chocolate Strange Coins. We know that. The masks are Traveler, Varix, Exo Stranger, Anna Bray, Wrapped Traveler, and a Bubbling Mask. So new masks... Uh, it's a fractured traveler. Sorry, fractured traveler. So Varric's in the Exo Stranger. That's pretty cool. Uh, rewards, uh, and then they got the mummy ships shown here, the mummy stuff, and then they got the mods. Oh, dude, I'm excited. I actually really, really like Festival of the Lost. I like the Haunted Forest. I always thought it was really, really fun. Oh, they added some screenshots. They added some screenshots. Um, there you go. There's the tower with a nice little thing. There's that guy. Somebody shooting a horror story. There's the big nasty knight. Uh, somebody is hold. Oh, they they must be holding the horror story. Just look. The angle looks kind of funky. Um, there you go. Oh, that dude. That mummy wrap sparrow is pretty nice, dude. That's pretty cool looking. That's not bad. That is not bad. Uh. That's funny. They've got Amanda Holiday looking at um, looking at somebody wearing the stranger one. Yeah, the ghost mummy is pretty nice too. Yeah, um, Light GG is showing the new perks. Okay, hang on. All right, let's go to Light GG. Well, wait, I can do it on. I'm gonna do it on here. Uh, okay, that didn't work. There we go. Light GG. Uh, let's see. Horror story. Horror story can get in the final trait slot. It can get sympathetic arsenal, demo, osmosis, snapshot, moving target, slideways. So obviously, osmosis and demo are nice. Grave robber, killing wind, firmly planted, subsistence. Ambitious Assassin and Outlaw. I like Subsistence on an auto rifle. I really, really do. So I think Subsistence and Demo would be a fun one. It can get Accurized Rounds, Appended, Tack, or Extended Mag, Steady, Alloy, and Flared. Okay. There you go. Uh, So, and what is this? Oh, it's a 450. Horror Story is a 450. Um... And the werewolf, the Braytech werewolf, random roll. Does this show? No, that's weird. Light dot gg. Another Braytech's also a 450. It's got a bunch of perks. It's got way more. Under pressure, kill clip, pulse monitor, quick draw, grave robber, unrelenting, swash, elemental capacitor, tap the trigger, eye of the storm, and vorpal. It's showing old and new perks. Yeah. Dynamic sway, tap, triple tap, high impact, outlaw, slide shot, underdog, mulligan, under pressure, four times the charm. So you'd probably want, I would think on this, I don't even know what you'd want. Dynamic Sway and Swash? Dynamic Sway and Vorpal, maybe? Swash and Vorpal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. DSR and TTT in the same thing. Fourth times... Wait, 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 what's... mm, Oh, tap the trigger. 
tap the trigger and DSR in the same thing. I'm not sure what you're calling DSR. So yeah, this isn't bad. I mean, this is not bad. This is this is like it's going to be a pretty good event. I uh, oh, they got some 4K wallpapers for you as well. Um, oh wow, I'm really zoomed in. There you go. Uh, <clears throat> I always liked the haunted forest. I always liked the haunted forest. So I'm kind of excited. I thought it was dope the way you could just kind of go in there and rack up the chests and rack up the perks. Oh, dynamic sway. Okay. Wait, but dynamic sway and tap the trigger. We're not in the same column. Oh, there is in both columns. Okay. Yeah, the Braytech seems like, I don't know. Maybe that's a glimpse into like how many, I don't know. You're putting tons of perks on it. I'm not sure. Okay, cool. Um, That's not what I meant to do. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay. Um... Okay, yeah, we already kind of answered click fires about the more you use the weapon, so let's move on. A little bit of an intermission there in the Q&A to read stuff about Festival of the Lost. Uh, so, Clickfire says, how would you balance the incentive to grind or upgrade your weapon against the one-year expiration date of sunsetting? <sighs> yeah, this is actually a really good question. Um, because... It, they're sunsetting armor, so it's it's not really that different, you know? Armor's going to get sunset. Armor's going to not be able to use the seasonal pass beyond, um, you know, kind of where it lands. So I would think that... I would think that the way, the way they've set up armor and guns working the same is not that big of a deal. I would say, and we talked about this the other day... I should be able to get back more of what I invest in a piece of armor. Arguably, just give it all back to me. And I and I paralleled this to, um, I paralleled it to Minecraft Dungeons. Which, listen, I know they're different games, but but still, I know they're different games. But in Minecraft Dungeons, I never have that currency paralyzation where I'm paralyzed and I don't want to use the currency. So I'm like, you know. I, every time I dismantle a piece of armor or a weapon in Minecraft Dungeons, I get back all of the enchantment points I spent, and they should treat the currency and Destiny the same way. Um, they might update the collection on reset for the two ARs, so you won't be able to pull them. If you want the curated version with a rival sunset date, pull it out now. That's true. I imagine they're going to drop with a new sunset date, I would think. Um, so. I... Right now, that's one of the reasons I don't take a lot of my armor past, you know, energy 7, 8, or 9. I just don't do it, because I know I'm not going to get it back. Um, If you don't get a good roll, you can still have those. That's true. Finding Chemo with the next question. With Bungie implementing a better loot hierarchy with adept weapons and such, do you think it would be better to focus more on that rather than a completely new system? Well, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Yes, it's a both and. Drop new perks and better hierarchy of weapons in the game and do a weapons 2.0 update so their their the weapon system feels better. 
if all they do is add adept weapons and an adept mod slot and maybe some new perks, I think that'll be kind of disappointing. I feel like there's a lot more they can do with the with the system, and I do. I think the ghost is a, the, the ghost update is a is an indication. I think it's an indication that that is something that is 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 potentially on the horizon because the ghost menu mimicking, uh, you know, it mimics the the art the armor the armor page uh, armor menu you know rain the dark do you feel that weapons 2.0 should also go back to the destiny one weapon system as well as notable perk and investment differences yo what's good adventure you know i don't the, the thing is is you gotta the thing you gotta remember is Bungie doesn't want to go back. They always want to go forward. So going back to primary, secondary, and heavy, I'm all for that, especially with the return of true elemental primaries. I want to be able to run... There's a lot of really, really good primaries that I can't run with a fusion rifle or a sniper rifle or, you know, uh, there's a lot of shotgun pairings and things you can't do. There's a very small handful of pri- uh, kinetic secondaries that you can use, so it really, like, limits your choices. Um, and so I... That's that's always a concern, I think. And the people that are like, but I like running double primary, double secondary for certain activities... I don't want to take that away from them. So I think a good way to get where I want to go and where other people want to go is to just bring back elemental primaries, make all primaries in the game have a random element. Um, or or make it to where you can you know, also change the element because you could then have three versions of a gun. Make it really expensive to change the element. So then I would have to get three god rolls of my favorite weapon. Um, you know? PvP would lose their crap if double primary is left. Yeah, like, I don't want to take that away from people. There are people that like to run it, and I think that that's totally fine. So... The last Kokui says, Should Bungie look to adding gun perks on guns like Traveler's Chosen, 10 kills unlock the full perk, and it would allow for guns to have more exotic feeling perks if it takes 5 kills to activate. See, this is where the idea that I've kind of outlined with the 4 mods and having those mods augment, what if what if that's how Dragonfly would work? You know, you could call it like Dragonfly Detonator mod, and if you get 3 headshot kills in a row, the 4th is insane it's just huge but you have to hit the three and then the fourth like you can't mess up um um so you could you could not only you could you could attack this from a couple of ways the mod itself would be expensive it would cost a lot of energy to equip it okay and it would require you to do more to proc it if that makes sense um that's just the Zen Media perks of the Polaris Lance perk. Yeah, I forgot about Polaris Lance. I, I, I'm just I'm spitballing as an example. There's other things you could do. So Dragonfly chain explosions, where if it explodes and kills other enemies, then they also explode, kind of similar to the Sunshot. Well, in order to proc that, you'd have to do something beforehand. Uh, chain lightning or a blinding effect, or you know that would require you to do something to proc it because it's so powerful uh 
So you don't want to overswing. You don't want to dip into like taking things away from exotics, but also at the same time, you want to make it seem as though it's you can make a weapon stronger if it's used properly rather than just, oh, it's stronger. If that makes sense. Because I love the idea of, of having a way to enhance existing things as a, way, as a way to make the gun feel different. You want things that enhance existing perks like Wrath of the Machine perks and affect the way that you would play the game and add another element to the gameplay loop. That's exactly right. Because that, you know, if... Let's say dot damage. You wanted the dragonfly to apply dot damage, and there were areas where you knew that was really, really helpful. In order to apply dot damage, you would require the person to get maybe a certain number of uh, of kills, or maybe you have to empty the mag, or you know, a variety of things. So it's you have to pay attention in order to proc it. Right? You can't. If, if you, if you don't require me to do anything, it's too, it's, it's probably too easy. If you require me to do too much, then it's going to be strenuous. I don't want it to be strenuous. Like, oh man, you got to get seven headshot kills in a row in a matter of 30 seconds. And if you don't do that, then the, then it won't proc. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that you want to do that. You know, I don't think I don't think you want to be like, oh, make the player get this many kills in this amount of time and do do and do this and do that and jump through this hoop. You know what I mean? That's how I that's how I would do it. I would find a happy middle ground to where it's not just get a headshot kill and it's also not get seven headshot kills in two seconds while standing on your head. Like you got to find a middle ground. I have the same worries I have with stasis. They need to develop the game to let it be useful. You can have customization additional perks, but if I don't have a place where it shines... Yeah, I mean, it needs to actually change the flow of combat. It needs to be something that that enhances my experience, or as I've always said, what does this gun do? I know it shoots. I know it reloads. I know it kills baddies. That's fine. What does it do? Is always the question I have. It's a spellcaster. It delivers damage. That's just kind of basic. A, a good example would be grenades. That, that, that'd be a great example. What do grenades do? You throw them and they explode. Great. What do these grenades do? Well, this one goes on the ground and it's good area of effect and it blocks an area off. This one seeks. This one creates a void wall along the ground. You're casting different spells. The grenade is a grenade. You throw it and it goes boom guns you shoot them and reload them and they do damage that's it what does it do give it a give it that's why people really liked martyrs retribution it wasn't just another grenade launcher it did something put that sucker on the ground and ding 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 ding. it gets a nice little line of enemies it's awesome mauv monk should exotic weapons get shader capabilities similar to the armor's treatment yeah i mean we've been asking for that for a while i'm pretty sure i don't know if we'll ever get it but i feel like exotics are probably going to get some treatment in year four because they can't do champion mods and that's been like a major point of complaint from the community about them uh is that they feel kind of sequestered to second class you know if you're going to go into challenging content and you are going to use champion mods the uh the exotics seem like they kind of struggle well, they don't struggle. They just they don't get play. 
Gillian the Mist. How how would champion mods work in this system? Would they stay mods or move to something else? I still think every weapon should have a champion mod slot. It's just a slot, and that's all you can equip is a champion mod in it, and they're just always available. I also think the champion mod slot should allow you to slot in two, and you can toggle it by holding reload or something. Uh, because I think you could add way more champions. If there was an unstoppable and anti-barrier champions in the same area, I'm going to toggle to the one that I want and make combat decisions in order to take care of those champions. That's That, I think, would be a way... I'm always arguing for layering the combat at layers, and that's a way to layer the combat. I'm going in knowing what tools I need, and then in the midst of combat, I'm making combat decisions with that tool to mitigate pain. Instead of being like, everything's really strong, hopefully your gun has damage perks. Like, that just gets really, really boring. The weapon is meant to do damage. It should just do a good job of doing that, and it should have utility on it, so if I use it in a particular way, it has benefits like crowd control or uh, damage over time on an enemy, bleed damage, healing yourself, healing your friends, giving you more energy back on certain items. This is why people really started to enjoy demo, uh, because demolitionist is you know helping utility aspect of the game so ghostwood coupled with the upcoming tech changes how do you project your weapon system would affect the weapon balancing conflict between pve and pvp sandboxes and their respective player base well, I mean, it's one of those things where if you set it up in a way to where the mods the mods are enhancing stuff, if the mods are enhancing things that are primarily landing in PvE, like, if I get two or three headshots in a row, my dragonfly has a blinding or a chain lightning effect. That's not gonna do anything in the crucible you're you're probably you're probably not gonna have that happen you're 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 not and even if you do who's gonna be around for it to affect you know um maybe it needs to happen in the same mag you know three headshot three critical kills in a row three critical kills for in one mag so not in a row necessarily but as long as you don't reload you know spark some big explosion or chain lightning or something or a blinding effect you're not going to do that in the crucible you're not you got to shoot people too much so that's what you would do is is you would set up mods to augment enhance and improve existing perks but you would do it in a way where it's only really going to work if if you have either enough enemies to kill quickly or something really large that's going to take a ton of damage like what if what if you could shoot a major and what if there was like a, a dragonfly perk that it uh, or maybe an explosive round perk every critical shot on the same target adds a damage uh, like a, a damage or explosive stack to the rounds in that mag so if I'm shooting a major bam 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 it gets bigger 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 because I'm shooting him in the head. Well, you can't do that in the Crucible because you're gonna, you're either gonna have to reload or it's you're gonna shoot a different target and it's gonna reset. If it's the same target, you would have that target become more more susceptible to the explosive damage with each subsequent critical shot. 
Kind of like how rapid hit feels good on a major because you just empty the gun into the major and then reload really quickly. Why? Because you just kept hitting crit shots. You could do something similar with, you know, something on... Ma- you, you would you would consider that to be like a perk for majors. And then you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you wouldn't use that in Crucible. You wouldn't be able to. You're not going to be able to land that many headshots on a single target because they're going to die before it procs. So you set a procking limit that is only hit. It, it, it only, it only procs if you're, if you're able to shoot something enough or do a certain thing that wouldn't be possible in the Crucible. Lono invented an oxygen SR2 perk. I don't even know. I think the Oxygen SR2 perk, I don't even remember how that one worked either. Uh, Roman. Hear me out. Four mod slots, one adept, one champion, one stat, and one to do a thing buck, uh, thing or perk buff. Thoughts? Obviously only adept weapons would have the adept mod slot. This isn't bad. This is actually pretty good. I like mine going for the four lanes, but I also like this. Like four slots... Uh, so you only see the four slot on adept weapons. So you got adept, champion, stat, and then one for like perk enhancement. Um, you know, I think that I think that'd be good because that would that would be a great way to make sure that it doesn't make weapons too strong. One of these is just the champion. Okay, one's adept. That's only on adept weapons. One is stats, so that you know it's marginal give your reload a bump or something and then something for the perks Mag- uh, Nira, more crits make a bigger explosion okay well what I was saying is on the same target so you would shoot the same target over and over and over and over again and that mag would slowly become like supercharged or something that again if that's the way oxygen works I'm just throwing out ideas off the top of my head I never really used the oxygen I think I earned it and then and then shelved it right away unholy says does your idea get rid of perk grind by leveling the gun with energy for mods like the ghost shell or would the or would the mods uh, how you see it help the perks like dragonfly spec etc I think we need to have RNG for perks because if not we're only getting away from the identity of destiny I, I'm i really surprised you even submitted this I mean I've said this many many times yesterday before I've always I've never once given the impression that I would be okay with people being able to build their own their own god role um and obviously, I don't know when you submitted this. Even today, I said it as well. I've been very consistent on this. Uh, that I do not want a system where people are suddenly building their own god roll. It would come behind the grind of a god roll and enhance, augment, or improve the perks that you got on the gun that you were chasing. Um, that's 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 how I would do it. I think that... that I can't see Bungie moving away from that. I really can't. Um... Even on armor, they added armor 2.0, right? But you still grind for stats. You still grind for good stats and good stat distribution. Even though, um, even though it's like you're you're building it, you're you're picking the mods with the with the 2.0 system. I'm worker lurker, miss stuff. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I just most people that are super familiar with my content know that I would never do anything to get rid of God roll grind ever. It's like one of the it's like one of the hallmarks of the game. 
as soon as I read that they were adding new perk roles to Braytech and the horror story, as soon as I heard that, I was like, man, the the way the way that they've set up Festival of the Lost is really exciting to me because that's something that I enjoy doing. I enjoy chasing uh, god rolls. Uh, my Imago loop grind in Destiny One. Um, you know, my uh, my love and death grenade launcher grind during Shadow Keep. These are things that I dumped hours and hours and hours into. I would never want to grade against that. Sometimes I think that's that that's that's what you know people are trying to do is they're trying to minimize the time that they had to put in to get a god roll, you know, whatever it is they were chasing. And I think they forget that the more you minimize that, the more you're going to sort of short circuit one of the core tenets of grind in Destiny, which is you got to put in the time to get the right roll. You know, that's why as I thought it was different from what you had normally uh, said. So I misheard. Yeah, no, it's fine. I, I only outlined the idea a couple of times and I did it very briefly. Obviously I did it today um, in the video. The idea being that if you get your God roll, you then enhance it, you know, um, the way the, the way I always think about it is is it's a it's a two it's a two phase effort. Phase one is the phase of where you're prioritizing certain perks uh, and certain roles, and once you get the god roll that you want, you then you then choose how to enhance it. Now, some of this I felt like the way that they uh, set up the sites and the scouts. I'm sorry, sites and the scopes. Some of this came from, I remember when Light Leap saying he wanted some customization. He doesn't want crafting, he wants customization. Can I please change the site? I don't like this site. Can I please change scopes? I don't like this scope. As long as it's not messing with the stats and giving you a god roll or a broken stat, you know, that layer of customization I think could be really, really good. Um... Because that, that's happened to me sometimes. I'm like, oh, this weapon's really good, got a great roll, and then I hate the look of the sights. I think it looks ugly. Um, so th- that kind of spawned the idea of what if you would still grind for the god roll and then you could customize things after, which is changing the look of a sight, changing the size of you know dragonfly, things like that. What about something similar to the enchantments, uh, Enchantress from Diablo 3? You can reroll one slot. No. Nope. I'm going to stonewall that every time. I don't want re-rolling. I don't want that in this game. No, there aren't enough perks in the game. It doesn't. The, the problem with that is, is so many god rolls are, oh, I almost got the god roll, right? How many times am I super, super brand new chasing a god roll if you've been watching the stream and I'm like, oh, I'm one perk away from the god roll and your system, I get a god roll almost immediately. It's so much easier to get. That's the whole point of chasing a god roll is the dice have to line up really, really nicely for you. If you remove that element and it's like, well, no, you can make the god roll a whole lot easier because how many times you get a roll that's literally one perk away from being perfect. Um, That would be my concern is that you'd be able to always just say any mediocre good roll, you can go turn it into a god roll. I wouldn't want that. Um, happens to me too I get close a lot but one slot's missing we had that in D1 and it broke the reward loop of the game well the reward loop of the game was broken by re-rolling because it literally you re-rolled the entire gun division had a re-roll system 
Yeah, and if you look at the depth of divisions, builds, and stats, it that's why that's allowed. It's so much different. Hey, you have three perks basically on a gun. You do. You got the two traits and then a reload. Like I'm, I'm sorry, and then a mag. You have a mag, you have a mag perk, and then the two trait perks. And it's just like the depth of division stats. It was okay to be like, oh, I you can re you can reroll one. I would let you re-roll one perk on a gun if guns had like five perks instead of three. If you had five perks instead of three, I'd be okay with re-rolling one because it would take you a lot longer to get close to the god roll. The system could really push the god roll boundaries. Sure, maybe you get the vanilla roll that everyone's going after, but if their weapon mods enhance perks enough to make others great. Yeah, I think the enhancement with the mods would be better because it would basically say, hey, you got a mediocre gun, but you can you can kind of make up the difference with some of the mods, and that's perfect for a casual. For a hardcore player, enhancing a god roll would be awesome. Add numbers beside the perk, say the speed of outlaw. I we yeah, we were talking about this earlier. I would love to be able to go to an enhanced stat page. So like slide over to the right. And you can go to an enhanced stat page and it gives you all the concrete numbers. It gives you all of the, this is exactly what you're getting from each individual thing. Because some people just want to see the snapshot. Have you ever played a game like Diablo or Minecraft Dungeons and all you look is at green and red arrows? Green and red arrows, green and red arrows, scrap, 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 scrap. Equip this because it's got a green arrow. Sometimes you just want to see green and red arrows. Sometimes you want to see the 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 details you want to get down to the blueprints and be like okay what exactly am i getting on this weapon so like an enhanced stats uh, or an advanced stats page on a weapon would be really really nice to give you the exact number of the range and the exact number of seconds or whatever you're getting on a particular perk you know on speeding up reload and and what have you um then that way it would be optional because I do think a large portion of the community would never look at that page. They don't want to see all that nonsense. Most hardcore players are aware of you know pages like Dim and stuff where you can get in a, a precise breakdown of everything on the gun. Um, so I just at the moment at the moment the idea that you could re-roll a perk I just think we all know deep down inside that would murder the grind. Because you get close to a god roll all the time. I would say every every third or fourth weapon I get when I was when I was chasing rolls, I would say every third or fourth weapon was like a perk away from god roll. And so that means you're I mean you're get you're getting you're shortening the road to the god roll in, immensely. So you'd need a lot more perks on the guns before I would be okay with that. Cause if you if you have, you know, 18 different stats going into your build and you get to reroll one of those stats on one piece of gear that's not that big of a deal you're not you're not really ruining that aspect of the game and I'm fairly certain it got more and more expensive and you had to pick one and you had to only reroll that one and then you couldn't reroll any of the others you could only reroll that one that you had already rolled only rerolling I see happening is master working on weapons I could see letting us change ele- elemental uh, elemental effects on weapons. I love the idea of changing scopes. I had a role I really loved, but I hated the scope. Uh, I didn't like the way that it worked, and also didn't like the way that it looked. Well, it's so it's so experientially influencing, right? It's your it's how you look at the enemy. The sight or the scope of a weapon can literally ruin it for you. Uh, there was I was using a, an auto rifle the other day. It was one of the Suros ones. It was a Galliard. 
and the one site line it did the one site i'm sorry the site did what i wanted it, it hit the stats i wanted to hit but it looked terrible so i didn't use it i took a hit on stats because of the site i literally took lower stats on on two two uh two stats i wanted to move i think it was stability and handling i was like oh i'd like more stability and handling and then i looked at the site and i was like nope no i don't that's ugly wouldn't the ultimate solution for weapon perks be for Bungie to remove about 10 or 12 of the worthless perks? No. No. That's a fatal mistake, I, I think. I think that's a fatal mistake. That, uh... You, if you remove all the bad perks, then all of the good rolls and the god rolls become less distinct, and it's very, very... It's That's like a passive form of homogenization. You need those perks that are like, ah... Oh, Gummit, I don't want this perk. You kind of need the generic not-so-great perks. If you get rid of all of the generic not-so-great perks and everything is either good or god, the difference between the god rolls and the good rolls gets really, really gray. There's like not a lot of differences between them, and I think that hurts grind. Getting a really, really bad roll creates this spectrum of, wow, I can't wait till I get the really, really good roll. If everything is kind of in this middle fuzzy ground of everything's pretty good, then the god rolls don't stand out anymore. They they, they become sort of uh, indistinct. When everything is awesome, nothing is. Right, yeah, at the end of at the end of, you know, Trolls World Tour she's, the one guy's like, if everybody's a rock, you know, if everybody's cool, then how do we know that we're cool? Like, basically, she's trying to turn everybody into rock zombies. And the one guy's like, well, then we wouldn't be cool anymore. Everybody would look and sound exactly like us. And if all the perks start to look and sound exactly the same, then you're, the, 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 there's there's not a distinction anymore. There's not a sharp distinction between a good and a god roll. A bad roll and a good roll. Bad roll and a god roll. So, you gotta be really... Now listen, I, what now hear me out. That doesn't mean that Bungie should be like, alright Charlie, we need you to create some crappy perks today. And he's like, okay. And he's like, What's this one do? And he's like, this one makes the gun blow up in your hand. What? This one makes you drop the gun. It's called Butterfingers. Like, you don't literally want to add bad perks to the game, but you need to have perks that aren't as appealing, that aren't as good. You know, there's got to be a clear difference between the ones that stand out and the ones that don't. Uh, Quad. I know people say having element of a gun be a perk or mod on guns invalidates elements, but what if you could choose the element of a gun and invest in it like more shield, DPS, matching explosions? You see, now you're cooking with gas. You're having the weapon do something. Oh man, I'm going to go into an environment. There's going to be a lot of shields and there's going to be, you know, matchmaking is going to be on. I'm going to run, you know, elemental buster and elemental buster allows me to pop shields quicker and the explosion is bigger now you're not doing more damage you're not reloading faster but you're handling a piece of combat in a way that's distinct you're creating a spellcaster it's a utility in the fight I'm going into an area and I know there's elemental shields everywhere and match games on well I'm really going to want to run, you know, Elemental Shield Buster, and I want to run the version that costs six energy because I really want that to be a, a, a quick, a quick deal. Bam, bam, bam! The shield pops. The explosion's huge. Whew, that was helpful. 
I'm just thinking it'd be better experience if we had like a 5% chance at a god roll rather than a .005% at one, but you make a fair point. Well, and see, I would attack what you just outlined in a totally different way, creature. I think intentionality and generosity are the solution to what you just outlined. I don't think the answer is to get rid of bad perks. I don't think you shorten the grind by making the, the 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 mathematical probability better by eliminating bad perks. I think you empower the player to chase the gun they want, and generosity supplies the 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 the, the I don't know the delivery of the package, as it were. I want a Butterfingers perk. <laughs> I want Hot Feet. <laughs> um, so I yeah. I, I think this is a great idea that Quad's outlined here. The the the, the idea that, and man, can you imagine a perk that would be, uh, Prox Champion effects quicker? Something like that would be awesome. So when you try to do Unstoppable, the gun glows quicker. Breaking the shield goes quicker on an anti-barrier. Uh, stunning and overload happens quicker. That'd be another great way to add layers to saying this content has a ton of champions and they're a pain in the friggin' butt. I'm going to use the champion mod enhancement mod that makes champion uh, effects proc faster. You know? I, there's a lot of potential here. This is why I'm like, give us more freedom with champions, champion mods, put more champions in the game, put elements on every gun, give us a way to augment and enhance those elements as, as Quad has just outlined here. Can we swap weapon elements? If you're going to swap weapon elements, I think you'd need to make it expensive because then you would at least need to grind for three versions of your favorite gun and I would be okay with that. I don't want you to be able to be like, oh, this week it's arc burn, boom, and you switched your gun to arc. That always felt kind of chintzy. You know? That, that never felt like the right way to do it. You just like, bink, hit a button and the, and the element changes. Pizza ordered. I miss being able to order pizza. We get we get great pizza. I, I've told you guys before about the, uh, the Motor City frozen pizza from Costco. It's got to be one of the best frozen pizzas you can get. But I miss ordering pizza. My daughter has an egg allergy and there's nowhere you can go. We could go to Mellow Mushroom, but it closed down. What do people consider bad perks? I find that they could be useful under the right circumstances. Yeah, but there are just some that clearly have far less... Uh, well, yeah, under the right circumstances. And then a lot of times you're like, well, when are the circumstances? Uh, I'll give you an example. Headseeker is, is literally a dead perk. It's a dead perk. It does nothing to time to kill. Nothing. It's a dead perk. It's stupid. It should do something, but it doesn't. It it would break Crucible if they made it do something. I, it, it, Headseeker is stupid. <laughs> uh, you know, moving target. Moving target. I'm not using moving target in PvE. The frick? What? Crucible you might. So right there is an example of one that you don't care anything about if you're in one side of the game. 80% of the game, you're not going to care about moving target. Gritter. Would it be a bad idea to allow Adept Weapons to have a reduced cost to upgrade the different mod slots on and on Weapons 2.0? I don't think this is good enough, homie. This is a nice perk, like a nice little side, like, hey, guess what? It's Adept. It's a little bit, you know, cost reduction. I think you need to swing way harder at Adept Weapons. Um, 
Headseeker lowers crit to body ratio on some pulse archetypes. It makes it more forgiving. It's a sought after perk on the high impact pulse from this season. Ah, that's super narrow though, Lightleaf. You're right, but at the same time, you know that's still not a very great perk. You know that's pretty narrow. It's only on high impact pulses. And high impact pulses, I don't think they have a whole lot of play in the speed of the current Crucible. Five dollars from Justin says, Imagine Lono and Gamma with the Butterfingers perk. Someone invades and Lono's gun falls out of his hands. <laughs> You're being invaded. What you doing? Why's your gun on the ground? You suck. <laughs> He'd be like, Come on, Drifter, it's not my fault. <laughs> I knew you were a snitch. Headseeker does not change time to kill. Yeah, it doesn't change time to kill. It makes the gun more forgiving. That's a very marginal benefit. That is a very, very marginal benefit. I don't think that that's... Uh, that's good. It's not a very good perk is the point. Um, high impacts are very strong right now, though, especially Redrick's. I feel like the speed... I feel like the speed of the Crucible and the AR meta would make it really... I'm not playing, so I was speculating... I felt like that would make high impacts like slow fire rate weapons really struggle in the crucible. We can still have the fifth mod slot for adept perks, but also reduce cost. Oh, I understand what you mean now, Gritter. Okay, let me flesh out what Gritter is saying here. There would be an extra mod slot for adept, which means you'd have to reduce the cost of mods to make space for the adept mod, so you wouldn't completely disrupt your 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 choice your choice four mods that you go to on like an auto rifle or something. I understand what you mean now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lowering the cost on everything would, you know, to make that space. That would be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. LL Brood. Good morning, Lono. What if you had to grind for the mods? So the real grind in the mods uh, for is the mods for Weapons 2.0. That's the only way I can see Weapons 2.0 being a grind. I don't think grinding mods for a weapon is something we should do. I feel like you completely have misunderstood my suggestion. So like this question's kind of rooted in, in in an idea that I didn't trot out. Um, you would still grind for the god roll. It would still be the thing that you would do. And then after, the mods are there to enhance, augment, or improve. Um, Adept's going to be disappointing. Mark my words, I have zero faith. If you're expecting Adept to be tectonic, then you will be disappointed. Adept weapons in Destiny 1 were not tectonic. It was literally intrinsic celerity. Like, I don't... If you're expecting it to be insane, that's on you. We already kind of should have our expectations for Adept weapons to be very marginal, but cooler and slightly contextually better. Do not expect Adept weapons to literally be mini Galahorns all over the game. Like, you gotta set your expectations in line with how Adepts landed in D1. Right, but it's another idea. So your idea is that we would grind for the mods. I mean, I guess my only question there is, Brood, do I do that for every gun, or do I do it for every archetype and then I'm done? I don't know. I feel like there's so many archetypes and so many potential mods, that might be completely unnecessary. That might be unnecessary. We have so much extra stuff to go for. Will the incentive be there to continue the card to flawless for adept in your opinion? 
I think if they put weapons that look different and and have something on them that make them slightly better, like intrinsic celerity, I that, that might not be good enough since we already got that as a perk and it was in D1. But I think something like that would make hardcore players go for it, yes. Adept needs to be a worthwhile to grind, otherwise it's going to be pointless. I'm not saying that it won't be a worthwhile grind. I'm just saying you're not going to be grinding for something that is tectonic. Oh, now that I have this weapon, it completely changes combat. I'm a god. This is this is it, this is so influential. What was the Howard Stern of Destiny? Much love. I don't know if that's an accurate uh, analogy. I don't. <laughs> that's that's not how I. We're, our content's not even really the same. Uh, yeah, there's not going to be some two-tap adept weapon, or, you know what I mean? Our adept weapon's going to be on the level of the recluse? It seems like it, but do you really want people going flawless to be handed mountaintops and recluses and completely change the rhythm of combat? Is, is, is that... I don't know if that's the right move or the right call. That could be more problematic than just making them good, stand out, cool, and then have them also look different. Check a couple boxes. Check a couple boxes. You know, stand out? Yes. Looks different? Yes. Has something on it you can't get anywhere else, like a perk or something, or a perk combination can only be gotten in the flawless chest? Yes. Be tectonic and life-changing? No, you can't go that far. What would be needed in adepts to push people that are not hardcore? I don't know. I don't know, Wolverine. I have no idea. If a non, how do you motivate a non-hardcore person to chase an adept? I don't know. Let me let me take your question and ask it another way, Wolverine. What would be needed to get um, non-hardcore players to chase god rolls? It's the same idea, right? Non-hardcore players don't chase god rolls. Why? Because in their mind, the difference between a good and a god roll is too marginal. It's not big enough of a difference, so they don't give a crap. They don't do it. I think adept weapons will be in a similar category. I don't... I'm not... I remember I got a doctrine, and I was fine with it. I was like, I don't need an adept doctrine. I am not doing that, right? I didn't, I didn't feel like I needed it. I mean, it's just like D1 is what I'm assuming, says Wheezy. Adept weapons didn't warp the metagame around them. That's a good way of phrasing it, yes. A god roll spare rations and a non-god roll spare rations, there's a clear difference there. But non-hardcore players weren't bothered with chasing it. I grinded for all the adept trials weapons in D1s because they were pretty much a trophy. That too, I mean, a lot of them nobody used. The N-word lamp and some of the other ones, a lot of players just didn't have any, have, they didn't like using them. I'm thinking of ways that they could open the funnel of interest so that people feel more compelled to push to at least a 7 win, regardless of flawless. No, no, no. I actually, I actually look at this a completely different way, Wolverine. There's two camps of people, and one camp is the people that can consistently go flawless, and you gotta motivate them to go flawless and get them out of the bottom of the card. You don't want those stacked teams in games one through four. Get them out of here. Keep winning and get go. Go up and get out of here. You're cluttering up the bottom of the card. Go flawless, and then go flawless again. It creates equilibrium in the player pool, right? We need those people going flawless. The other camp is the casuals. I don't think you will ever motivate casuals with with flawless gear you have to motivate casuals with accessible gear and if both of those pools of players are jumping into trials everybody wins 
the early games become less sweaty there's less there's less stacked crazy godlike teams in the lower games because they're living on the back half of the card back half games are slower more round ties, things like that. The, the, the games go slower on the back half of the card. So that eats up a lot of the times of, this, of, the, of the really, really good teams, and it cleans up the bottom of the pool. Like, it just works. You should just be dumping loot in the lap of, the, of games 1 through 3, 1 through 5. Just dumping the normal loot. Why? It's not adept. Who the frick cares? Just dump it on them. Get them in there every week. Woo, this is great. I'm getting powerful drops. I'm getting trials gear. This is awesome. And then the teams that like to go flawless have four different reasons to go flawless. Adept gear, uh, currency like ascendant shards and other things like that. Uh, Obviously the prestige of going there. I'd, I'd give a junk ton of XP. I think they already do give a junk ton of XP. So their season pass and their, their, uh, their artifacts leveling up quickly. Just, just you I'm telling you that's that's the formula it worked pre-rise of iron it could work again reaper do you think systems like forges or even curse of osiris weapon acquisition systems could possibly help us achieve a better weapon system 2.0 well I, I I genuinely think that most of the time um most of the time you you are pursuing weapons from the forges to now it was too bounty driven tower driven I want loot to drop in the world I want loot to drop from bosses I want to kill a boss and I want to see loot drop out of him this is why I'm a big proponent of weapon boons so I love the idea of somebody being able to say I love the idea of somebody being able to say I'm going to go after this gun and then they just go after it for hours, right? So, if that if that's in the game, the question is, what's the experience like? That's a good thing. A good thing is being empowering somebody to say, "I want weapon X, not Wolverine, weapon X. I want weapon F." Okay? That's the weapon I want. Cool. Do a weapon boon. You buy the weapon boom with the currency that is earned in the activity, and you go spend the currency at the, at the vendor. You get the weapon boom, and for four hours, that weapon has a likelihood of dropping from that activity. Endgame drops in Crucible. Endgame drops in Gambit. And then dropping out of a boss in Strikes. And so I can just play my freaking heart out in the Strike playlist, and I'm getting chances at that weapon dropping. I don't want to go and get an umbral and go to the tower and interact with a vending machine. I don't want to get a bounty that I pop and then it spits it out in a menu. I want it to drop in the game. There was just something about that. We've lost the romance is gone. It's not there. It's it's it doesn't feel like a loot-based game anymore. It's a bounty-based game. It's a tower simulator. We're always in the tower. I went over, I combed over like seven different friggin' god rolls that I've gotten recently, and they were all acquired in the tower. You want more people playing trials? Make the loot drops plentiful and make the loot good. That way casuals feel like even if they're losing, they're getting something in hardcore chase to grind. That's another way of saying exactly what I said. That's right. That's right, Wheezy. It's, it's that simple. 
the formula for trials is so is so frustratingly simple it kills me that they bumbled it and continue to bumble it it's like what are you doing I don't want to be that armchair quarterback that th- that feels like I could do a better job but I'm like guys the recipe is so simple here what in the frick are you doing what happened you have a note card in the kitchen for grandma's perfect cookie recipe and you're not using it like pull it out you know what to do you've done it before it it what no adept weapons huh super stingy huh like what is this the, the recipe is so so simple they've got to get it right when they bring adept weapons they have to get it right if they fumble again and trials is really unenjoyable, no one's going to care that there's adept weapons if the playlist doesn't get out of, get off a of life support. You got to. How do they talk to people like Crafty and B-Dub and come up with this is what I want to know. You never know what those guys had access to. If all those guys saw was the iteration on the boons, I gave that a thumbs up. Yeah, the boons were awesome. Uh, maybe they just played some rounds. How do the maps flow? How's it feel? What about this? What about that? What about revise? Blah, blah, blah. If, if they didn't get into the absence of adept weaponry, reward structure, reward incentivization, token payout, you know, low card farming, if they didn't get enough information to, 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 to give that feedback, I don't know. Maybe their brains don't work that way. Sometimes I think people that are deep in the thick of the mode don't zoom out. Like, I read the blog... Trials hadn't launched yet. I read the blog and predicted that people would keep their loot pool small and keep resetting their card after game three. I'm like, that's how Destiny players work. That's how they operate. It took me 60 seconds to think of that. We have no idea. Jesse and B-Dub and anybody else, Lupo, anybody else that went to Bungie could have said that and they were like, it's too late. It's how we built it. We're we're just going to roll with it. And then low card farming became a, a, a massive, massive problem. The, the bottom half of the card was terrible and everybody left the playlist. Overkill, second new member of the day. Welcome. Thanks for clicking the join button. Enjoy the dope badge and emotes. You are dope and deserve dope stuff. If you guys want to become paying members, you can submit questions, get in the Discord. Our Discord server has a, a ton of nice uh, perks for you as a paying member, so be sure to get in there. So... What's the logical reason for not using it? We got to assume they aren't inept. I'm telling you, I have no idea. I have no idea. I've never wanted to go so far as to be like, people need to be replaced or removed or fired, but I feel like the Crucible team needs new leadership. There's something something wrong. Or at least trials. Whoever's in charge of trials, somebody, the project lead doesn't get it. I don't know. The way the industry works is a factor as well. They paid for your airfare, hotel, took you out, say the wrong thing, and it won't happen again. I mean, yeah, I guess. But I, I just, I feel like I feel like whoever's casting the vision for Crucible, whoever's casting the vision for Trials just doesn't seem to get it. As soon as they made good changes, they took two steps backwards. They were like, oh, we're going to lower token payout. We're removing the win requirement, but we're going to lower token payout. I'm sorry, what did you just say? It's like, we added more tables to the dining room. Our restaurant has been getting overrun with demand, and we've added more tables. Awesome, but we took away chairs. What? It's like, it, it doesn't, it's backwards. It's contradictory. It's like, it's confused. 
There's more tables. Oh, sweet. But uh, we removed some chairs to make room for the tables. What? (laughs) Reaper just upgraded the VIP. Thank you for doing that, Reaper. Something that I miss is King's Fall, where the drops were on the floor and running around trying to find them also mix up the chest drops. I don't know. It felt so good to run into Warpriest's body. Yes! Wheezy's touching on it. It needs a drop from the boss, not even from a chest. What is this chest crap? Have it drop from the boss. They blackballed skill up after he killed them in vanilla D2. They do it? Oh, I know they blacklist people. <laughs> you're talking to you're talking to the, the the king of being blacklisted. Like I I know they do that. I do. I, and I and that's possible. But I don't know. Telling somebody, here's how I think the player base is going to react to this isn't necessarily going to get you blackballed. I don't know. Especially if you don't even play the game anymore. <laughs> you don't even play Destiny anymore. Who the frick, fr- who the frick cares if you, if you go out there and you're like, yeah, this isn't going to go over very well. <laughs> so. Alright, we're going to end Q&A. We're going to transition to maybe some VIP call-ins if there's people that want to call in. If you're here live right now, smash the like button for me and click subscribe if you haven't done so already. The like ratio going up on the video helps me get recommended throughout the day and the subscriber count going up helps as well. If you're listening as a podcast platform somewhere else or a past broadcast, thank you so much for uh, uh, supporting all of my content. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the VIP call-in session that took place after my We Need Weapons 2.0 video. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Spotify, or any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live at saynotorage.com. That is the best place to catch the live streams Monday through Friday. If you'd like to join the Q&A sessions with written Q&A or call-ins, you do need to pick one of the support tiers, whether it's tier 1 or VIP. Today I'm joined by Light Leap and Wolverine. I we just let's just shoot it for like a round table here and just keep you both unmuted. But I'll go with uh, lightly first. What did you want to talk about uh, with regard to like the weapons discussion, everything we talked about today? Well, I wanted to say that I think a system like you suggested and that we currently have an armor 2.0 um, is is not enough for me. I would say because okay. I mean, really, the the weapons are the essential part of Destiny, right? You're probably 99% of the gameplay you're in first person um they're they they're a lot of how you feel what you enjoy they're they're like the most part of your gameplay customization right Mm -hmm. and um i know i've I've heard you mention that during q a that you said um you know i would like sites but i really think that you know these menus um that we have on in uh, armor 2.0 and uh, the ghost, uh, they're cool because they are just so passive, right? The armor, the most important thing about the armor is what it looks like. Right. But the guns have to, if they update them, they need to have something new, right? Because, I mean, they recycle guns. So, which is not a problem. I understand they have to do that. But to get the same gun with the same sight and not be, nothing being different about it, you know, especially because they don't bring out a lot of different ar- a lot of different guns from the same archetype anymore. They have to have something about them that makes them interesting. So, for example, even uh, the sites, let's say on the summoner, if it had like three different ones, right? 
I could change them according to the gameplay that I want. And even if they affect perks, I mean, some, you know, increase range, decrease handling, and maybe make the gun look different with, like, make it really like a mod system, not like it is an armor 2.0, but actual barrels or something, something that changes. I know it's a lot to ask. I don't think we're getting this much in Beyond Light, but this mm. should be the way to go. At least, at least like more sites, something that makes the gun more customizable um, in Beyond Light. Yeah, it might have seemed like maybe I was giving them a pass on depth by adding just sort of a a better version of the mod system uh, and I didn't really touch on the fact that we do need more perks, better perks, cooler perks move away from, I mean I did a, a very recent video called, you know, remove damage and reload perks because I don't think they're that exciting uh, but you're touching on quantity which I also think is an important factor, you know, that if they did this, I would envision the site mod letting you pick between like 10 different sites 10 different scopes so that you could really have that sense of variety and and personalization because there the slightest thing on a site will tick me off i don't even know what i was using the other day it might have been a jack queen king and because the sight line had like the outer brackets from like your keyboard i was like that looks like crap like i didn't like it it turned me off from like wanting to use the weapon uh and so just being able to go in and personalize that weapon that i i have a great role on that jack queen king and i like the gun but the sight line really did you know mess with me uh, i also think you're i think you're right about quantity i think they've always lacked in quantity everything kind of starts to feel samey obviously people might be concerned because they see that you know that pursuit weapon being a you know a reskinned model and I want to get back to the days where we have weapons that do genuinely feel super unique. King's Fall weapons would be a good example of the Siva infected weapons in Wrath. Even those were basically reskins, they still had a very memorable feel. The I do think the raid weapons have been consistently cool looking, but that's when you need that extra punch. You need the extra hierarchy. So that's where I think they, they, it's like it's always a half measure. All the raid weapons in Destiny 2 look really dope. I think the thematic look of all of them, even the Last Wish weapons, they all have a very, very, really cool feel. My least favorite are probably the Leviathan weapons, because they do feel kind of plain. Some people probably like the way they look, though. It is a little subjective. But then, that's as far as they go. They're cool-looking, they're unique-looking, they have their own sights, their own scope feels, but then the perks and and the actual guns themselves don't feel like they're an upper echelon hierarchy weapon uh i would i would include the trials weapons even though they're repurposed uh, models from d1 um it i mean i'm trying to imagine the king's fall weapons with five different you know sites that i could choose from because the sight lines on those weapons were very cool because they were you know they had like a, a unique feel but being able to choose through a handful would be nice again if it's a pure cosmetic change it doesn't hurt anything the question would be is it possible like can they can they create that kind uh, of quantity and i wonder if people would get over the fact that the weapon pool is usually kind of small you know 20 or 30 weapons a season would people get over that if an individual weapon had a bunch of different options for customization and appearance and all of that so it really did feel like your version of the scout from the raid is a lot different than mine if that makes sense I'll be really happy if they would just drop randomly then keep the perks the same make it maybe not an influence on perks right we don't want to add more RNG maybe keep in mind people who don't have that much time to play but what if they what if scopes could drop randomly I mean it would be the same gun same perks on same stats but um, it looks different, right? So one has a one has a more. I mean, take 
summoner, for example, what I hate about the summoner is that it feels like a regression from D1 because you don't have, you know, remember the, the small iron sides with the red dot? Mm -hmm. I mean, if you could switch between that or or at least have the summoner also drop with that side and, you know, I could, I could pick my favorite or have two, it would already add more variety. I think somehow they will struggle the longer Destiny goes on with variety if they don't think about how they can make guns feel more different. Yeah. And it's, be yeah. it's beyond just perks. It's really like it has to like look different when it drops a little bit. You know what I mean? No, I agree with you. I think I might be a little concerned about I finally get the god roll that I want and it's got this blemish on it, which is it's not the site that I like. I think I'd only be concerned about that aspect. It's masterworking is kind of that way now, right? You get the god roll and it's stability and you really wanted range and it or you know, or it's reload or something. And it's a bit of a blemish. It's like that's not exactly what I wanted. I think I'd be that'd be my only concern is you finally get the god roll from the raid that you've been looking for, but it's your least favorite site. Uh, that's why I like the idea of just being able to change the site and what it looks like as a choice and not uh, not have to have it drop as a random roll. I mean, unless they really enabled us to grind the raid a lot more like we do in the dungeon, that might that might be a good protection about getting things too quickly. Another layer of RNG on the weapon itself so they don't feel like you're going to get everything too quickly because they, you know that is always the concern, right, about letting us rerun raids. Or do it combined into two systems that everyone asks for. Give some elements to weapons that change the look and feel of the weapon. Let's say scope, maybe grip, something that that makes it unique on when you when you play it in a, in FPS, right? Um, in first person. But give the gunsmith then the ability to change that. So you still grind like it, he he can't influence rolls. You still have to grind for rolls. But what if the gunsmith? You know you could. You could like actually change it. You would you would have to find the same gun with a different scope, and the gunsmith could basically take that gun apart and put the scope on on what you have, right? That would be super cool, actually. Yeah, it would give some purpose to him. So you would you would be able to do what we're talking about, but it would be something you'd have to work for, not just go click the one that you want. And then the mods could be more about augmenting the perks, like the dragonfly stuff we were talking about earlier then it would be more about enhancing and augmenting or improving the role. And then when you want to do the customization to, to things like that, to the pieces, the parts or something, you would go to him. I'd also like to see ornamentation show up in more places. Like if I run the raid enough or I do enough raid challenges or something, I get ornaments for my weapons to really up the up the ante. I, you know, I hope the Adept's Trials weapons look different as well. There needs to be a clear difference between the really, really dope endgame stuff, both in appearance and perks. And I think ornamentation's a great way to do that, because there's been some really dope-looking... The Dust Rock Blues got a really, really cool ornament, and I'm like, why'd you do that? Why would you put it on the Dust Rock Blues um, and not, like, a grindable item in the game, you know? That would be amazing, actually. Yeah, they already have that in the game. I completely forgot that. Yeah, right. It could be ornaments from the gunsmith. Um, yeah. I think another. I think you mentioned that in the talk, right? You would have to use the weapon to unlock the masterwork. Because um, one thing I feel right now also is that my OCD doesn't allow me to test weapons. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't want to make fun of OCD, but it's like I can't equip a weapon without mm -hmm. uh, masterworking it. I have so many materials, and it, I just when I have this, everything is masterwork that I'm wearing on my character. And if I find a new gun, I just instantly masterwork it just because it's like I want to see what the masterwork actually does and I realized it makes it so bland 
the, this yellow outline became a normal thing, which something which should be something that you actually have to work for. Right? Not every weapon you get should be immediately masterwork. Yeah, it was like the um, I think it was it was motes of light in D one, so that you just you did it immediately. You just got everything, and then obviously people that were poor. Uh, couldn't <laughs> like so it was like this uh, huge long grind for them just to kind of experiment and you just go in and bam 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 do it right away I don't necessarily know where I would land on this I'd be happy with a variety of systems like I think spending the currency to master work it up would be okay not quite as much as we do on armor I think armor is very it's big it's big t- uh, currency sink and you don't even get it back um, and the the weapons I'd, I'd lower I would think I would lower it and then again you're not gonna do it until you get the god roll anyway I mean you're you your your way of doing it is a little persnickety most people aren't gonna do that until they get the god roll on the weapon yeah um well without taking time away from Wolverine no no this is a joint conversation I definitely I, I was over overhearing uh your your take and I definitely when when I when you were done I would wanted to get your take on uh where i was going to come from in terms of uh narratively what we were speaking about earlier when he was doing q a about uh you know trials more specifically because i think your insight definitely has a lot of value because of the time that you've put in personally yourself i think uh you come from definitely the same playing field but we're just on two different linear paths um to add in what you guys were just talking about in terms of customization i think there definitely should be more flair customization for people to quote unquote flex um other than you know going flawless within the lighthouse there's really not too many other ways for you know to display what you have done i remember and and correct me if i'm wrong but i remember when in d2 first came out and you completed the nightfall that week you you had a, a glow uh, aurora around your head for for that whole week for completing the nightfall i think they should go back to to something like that to, to almost display what you have done in, in a pve stance that if you completed something uh on a higher echelon um i like where you're going light in terms of being able to adjust the scope on a gun without altering what it's doing intrinsically already with its stat roll off and perks like being able to give a vendor a gun and basically change from the current summoner scope to maybe something that's iron sight so to speak i think that's that's something they could do without damaging the ecosystem because most of that stuff obviously if you take out the stat role that goes into a scope it's majority of it is just preference and i definitely think giving a, a preferable way to shoot a weapon through the eyes of a scope shouldn't be that altering to for for the devs to change things but I, i'm a person of status quo I, I try to think of ways within reason that they can alter the system on top of the current because i feel like that's logistically easier for most developers but um, I could be mistaken. I don't know if you guys have anything to add in in terms of that before I move on to the trials topic I wanted to get into. Um, yeah, I would. I don't know if Lono. No, yeah, go ahead. Um, I think that uh, the especially the scopes, right? Um, if you. Sorry, could you repeat your last sentence? I just. <laughs> no, no, no. It's okay. I, I think being like I, from what I was uh 
taking from how you were giving off uh, to Lono in terms of describing uh, a different type of customization through, for instance, the scopes of things, being able to give it, for instance, I gave you uh, the example you, you gave of giving it to Banshee and then him altering the actual scope, I feel is just a preference. And I feel right. giving a player that type of preference isn't altering the game in a way as long as it's not intrinsically changing the role of either range or reload or stability no. have you i think i think that's that's an, an an innocent trade-off if like for instance they did the system in d1 where you were basically you're just always interchanging things on guns but if they did an interchangeable thing like that with scopes gave you three different scope options per gun as a static i mean i feel like that could work maybe a, a mid to long range a long range and then an iron sights i don't Right, I remember now what I wanted to respond to. So, so sorry, I have to maybe no, make a okay. note because that you you mentioned. I'm loaded that, with notes. You guys should see. I get teased for uh, it all the time. I'm loaded. No, no, but just in terms of I remember, so I remember what to respond to because you said uh, you want to make it work in the current ecosystem because it's easier on the developers, right? I think, especially now with the breaking point beyond light, right? They told us year three is a transitional period. Uh, they're they're coming through something else, and it's three years of this game now. So I think in the next years, we have to see major evolution, right? The game, if they want to keep the game going for so long with, with new consoles, especially a new console generation, we can't just be saying, oh, well, but is that in the game currently? We see that they are ready to update some parts of the engine, right? The network architecture with the mission health change to, to improve that. We, I think it's reasonable to demand to say, all right, if, if, if it takes an engine upgrade, if you need to revamp something, you need to do something with guns to make them more attractive. I don't think, especially if this game is going on for another four years or five, let's say, uh, we can't just say, oh, well, yeah, you know, we can, we can't make it too hard on Bungie. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and I think, you know, especially when we put X amount of hours, depending on what type of player you are in a game and you trust the game, you, you kind of build an expectation i know that word in particular expectation is is really like a no-go when they when it comes to them putting out material for fans because they don't want to oh, supersede those expectations but at the same time if if you don't set any expectations how can you ever live up to them exactly yeah i i just i think the i want to attack this from two ways like if i look at it at 30,000 feet customization on guns is a, would be a great improvement like just giving us the, the freedom of customization on our ghost is a nice step but i think customization on guns would be great there's a bunch of bullet points you could put underneath there ornamentation uh sights scopes barrels things like that that, that aren't crafting customization and crafting are not uh synonymous um and so i i would agree with that and then the other thing that i would say at thirty thousand feet is we need just better depth of perk and diversity of perks because we're we're I don't want to chase whatever new version of a swashbuckler they come up with for a year four. There just there has to be more depth to it. And I think a a mod system that augments and enhances existing perks, I I just I'm thinking they could there's a I don't know. I can't put words on it, but there's a picture in my mind of you take what they did with the ghost and you take the aspects and the fragments from the stasis subclasses and there is something there. There is something there that you could do on guns. A a separate sort of investment system or or customization system that would give guns utility and function and just as I gave the example earlier today, 
grenades are grenades. You throw it and it goes boom, but there's different grenades. One has giant area of effect. One creates a void wall. One sticks to enemies, tracks enemies, etc. And guns should be the same way. It shoots and it reloads. That's its that's its base function. And then everything on top of it is determined by the player after they get the god roll, obviously. They chase that god roll. They want those particular perks and those particular you know things about it. And then they put things on top of it that sort of changes the way that it functions. Um, so that I'm, I'm just, I'm at 30,000 feet. That's, I put those in those two containers. And I do think both are valuable and needed. Yeah, no. And agreed, agreed a hundred percent. I just, I feel where, uh, and this is just me also looking at 30,000 feet and, and, and <laughs> trying to look parallel to your view and, and as well as lights. I, I think that preference addition in terms of something like a scope isn't something too too much to ask for considering uh it's it's been in the game prior and then putting in and already in the game already it's it's pretty much the same yeah I, is your is your dog agreeing with you or disagreeing with you i can't tell he 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 hears someone outside so he's <laughs> uh someone someone was looking at him the wrong way from the balcony but uh i it's a perfect that's a perfect segue to get into what we were talking well to what you were uh speaking about in q a and uh, maybe a light has an opinion as well you know if we were living in a perfect world currently and we didn't have to worry about things like ddosing and cheaters and we could really just hone in and focus on the true mistakes on destiny in terms of incentive and in terms of uh structure and uh the coin di- dispersion per wins i think that we could probably break something down in the current system that you know wasn't too far off or at least plausible to do from from rip from the beginning excuse me um we're always going to see bottom level staff farming that's not something that could ever change or alter unless they completely change the algorithm of everything i don't know if you guys have uh, had this experience before but it's something i've been experiencing as of late some game seven games i've been fortunate enough to not play people that are on game seven and i don't know if that's a mistake within the card system algorithm or if it's just a, a one-time thing but i can i can't say i've tested it because i'm not sitting at game seven all the time i, I sit at it at least a few times a week but not enough to constantly test this that you know there's something going on within the current system that's not giving people the correct opponents at certain games and along with that i want you guys to also think if there's a a viable way to disperse a correct amount of coins per win milestone yeah um i'm gonna take the first part with the win the win card thing um and people have disagreed with me on this before but this is the way i look at it If you've gotten all the way to game seven, the number one priority I have for you or any team that gets to game seven is connection, integrity, and game quality. I think that is of the utmost importance because that game can't go sideways because of a bad region match or, or lag. So that's a huge priority. And I don't waver on that because it's, it's tough to get to game seven. And I think that that should be protected at all costs. If that means you periodically play your game seven against somebody on games two, three, or something, I think that's the better of two evils. I would rather have you win a game against somebody who's early on their card 
and they got to kind of reset. You know, bummer for them. That is significantly better than you going into a game misregion matched and you have a terrible time and it's laggy. Maybe somebody disconnects or your shots aren't registering. So that's that is I, I just square that on a flowchart very easily. I'm like that matters the most, and it's it's a pretty simple reason why. Like getting to game seven is really really tough, and that game integrity and connection quality needs to be protected. That means that that's probably going to happen sometimes. Now I don't know if that's why it's happening with you. I think it's probably related to what I just said as well as a shrinking player base. Um, I would probably I, I definitely thought about the shrinking player base being a, definitely a facet. Yeah. And, and there are people that disagree with me about that. They're like, that's not fair. It's such a mismatch, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, look, Trials is about winning and going to the end. And if you're going to lose to that team that got to game seven and you're on game three or four or whatever, if you're going to lose to them, you would have lost to them regardless. Like, they're in the pool and they're better than you. Like, suck it up and reset your card. Uh, there is no perfect system here where you're always matching a team that's as good as you and on the same on the same win. And I know that's not what you're arguing for, but there are people that get very upset about that. They're like, that's just is so unfair and so wrong. I just know it was very easy. This was just one time in particular. Not mm-hmm. every time it was a, a team. Some one time I believe it was a team on game three. Another team it was on. They were on game five, and one team. And and why even brought it up in discussion? Because it, unless it was a factor of uh population not being that high that weekend but we were we played a game seven for flawless against a team on a six uh loss streak so i, I know it was <laughs> impossible that one of those cats were holding on to a seven win car trying to get wins after flawless because they they were all on that six six did loss you, so. did you lose a game did you no, use your mercy? No, no, no. That's that's why. Like, it's not really something easily repeated. At least on you know, the the most layman's or above average of levels. But still, it's it was just something that it had it, something for me to argue whether or not the system is either flawed or if it's just as Lono uh, described as either the population base isn't high enough where you're matching people within the same realm and connection yada 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 all the other facets that go into i mean you you played a lot of trials right you just said it happened once i mean that bad once like it's happened multiple times where the where the players weren't on game seven but that was the worst example in terms of there there was room to argue maybe one of the other teams or players on those teams that were only at game three or four might have was carrying a seven win card like there was there was room for that to be a plausible feature that one team that i'm I'm using as the the prime example of a six loss there was it's impossible it was impossible that any of them were holding a seven win card that we were essentially given a freebie so i just i'm trying to uh, you know i I don't know if you've had an experience with that light i i I, (laughs) not to say that you haven't had an experience that alone i just know it's been a long time since you played trial so yeah well, I had it happen once in my favor and once not in my favor. So once I was on my seventh flawless win and I matched Wish's team. Mm-hmm. So I had to take the beating, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh, once it happened, yeah, we, we thought it was cheaters because they were like underleveled, weird collection of guns and armor. And uh, one of them disconnected Yeah. after like the first round. And I thought like, what, did he get banned? Did he activate cheaters? What is going on? And then the uh, then we just beat the hell out of them in like two or three rounds, and they just left. And then we checked the Destiny Trials report, and they were like all day losing. So yeah, I felt really bad, man. That's like, of course if that. But honestly, I feel 
like they said, I don't know, this might be wrong, but I have the feeling they said it's part card-based matchmaking, it's part also skill-based. So after a certain amount of wins, you get into a skill-based slash card-based matchmaking system. That's why I didn't complain to play against Wish, because I think even though he was on game three or something like this, or four, that's a legitimate enemy to have at game seven, right? Right, right. right. Um, so um, uh, I didn't I didn't feel like that was broken. Yeah, maybe... Yeah, I don't know what quirks happen. I, 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 it, it has not happened enough to legitimately complain about it. You know what I mean? No, no, and, and not to complain. No, no, not at all. But at least question whether or not it's, no, no. it's a population issue. No, sorry, I didn't mean to say complain, but to say that the system doesn't work. I haven't sure, encountered sure. it personally. I, I can't. I, I'm also. I'm. I'm not like. I'm obviously not a PvP god, but I would say with my friends, we, we're a pretty strong team. So it's hard for me to judge. How that yeah. experience is for someone on sixth, seventh game who really struggles to get there, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, they, uh, I want to. Yeah. We need to say though, they actually have never said anything about skill base with respect to trials. I don't know. You, you may have. You may be misremembering. They've always said it's connection based, card based, and then the card gets prioritized. Like six the, and seven. Like, yeah, like six and seven, like what Weezy's saying. Um, so I, right. yeah, I, I, I so, think. But do you, do you think that there is no skill based component? Because I have the feeling they, they. The, what I'm referring to is that they for sure said once matchmaking is not an on and off switch. It's a dial, right? That you turn. So I have the feeling the dial is definitely turned towards card based. But I would also say it, it's beneficial if there is some slight SBMM component in it, right? I feel in the beginning, I'm always usually playing someone. Let's get randomly get the, the, the sweatiest team on game one on an average. It's, it's usually a lesser tier team. And then when I go maybe past three, between three and five, me personally, I have found that I'm playing teams with an average of the same ELO on a trials report. Like typically there's there's a person, whether or not there's a really low person on the team and would they have a really high person to, to help them, it, the averages typically will be relatively close. That's just from something I've noticed. Yeah, the challenge right now is to try to analyze the the systems with a with a, uh, a floundering player base is tough you'd want to you'd really want to analyze the systems at their height i think at their height they work the best um you just you have way more people in there and so the matchmaking just goes faster and smoother and you have a whole lot more people on game six and seven to put you against uh this is why the the race to the lighthouse whenever there was a really full player base th there were times you'd get to game six or seven and you'd wait a little bit longer because they there weren't there weren't a lot of teams yet at six or seven so it, it slowed the matchmaking down just a little bit for the people that got late uh on the card um so we're not in an ideal situation right now uh and that's why i'm kind of okay with it i'm like yeah player base is shrinking it's probably far better to have people that earn the flawless game have a game where connection's good rather than really, really strain it and say, nope, we're going to force you to play somebody on game seven and you play somebody in another country and it's a horrible experience and then you lose and you don't go flawless and that's not a fair shake. I don't think they need skill-based matchmaking in trials because I believe the system is, in some respects, I think the trial system when it's working, when there's a lot of people in there and it's connection-based, card-based, that's the purest form of matchmaking you get in Destiny. It gets progressively harder and deservedly so. It's like a mini bracket. It's almost like a mini ad hoc tournament. I think it's the purest form of matchmaking in Destiny. And... 
Agreed. Um, but you need, but you need a full player funnel, or it breaks down. Now that funnel is—it's perfect. I'm really happy you said that. Now that funnel is something I feel that can be expanded upon when we talk about loot, loot hierarchy, and the incentivization of yep. of putting people in there for that loot. When I asked you earlier, what is something that they can do to adapt to open that funnel and put more players that, let's say, don't go flawless every weekend to be like, all right, let's actually try this weekend, or let's at least push to a seven-win card. Now, currently, if you go flawless, you only get 20, 20 coins for opening the chest. And that chest obviously is random with whatever loot after you already get the initial drop for that week. Something I want I want to uh, argue for, obviously, with the fact that I don't think there's enough tokens being given to you per milestone win. I think that should be raised significantly to also deter people from low-level card farming still. I, I, I think they did a boost when they updated it, but I don't think it was enough. Uh, along with... Uh, the adept portion being added, I feel when we look at uh, pieces uh, like armor, uh, anything sub 60, I, I think that's just, it was a complete waste of time. I I get an armor piece and it's 58, you know, or, or lower than that. I, I feel a little demoralized and, you know, than the time I spent in. Obviously, I'm happy that I did it. But I, I feel just as where we are with Grandmaster and not feeling that we're getting the deserved amount of loot for the time we spent putting into that certain activity, we should be rewarded. So as I kind of lobbied for armor rolls being a static number, meaning that total number being 65 with the distribution being random, I feel should apply along with Grandmaster to the uh, flawless chest that if you get a chest helmet gloves or boots it should be a, a minimum maybe 65 might be too high but at least 60 or above a minimum total stat roll with obviously the distri distribution being rng based can I, can i respond to that yes so i i don't think that's enough and i am not a fan do of you think we're on a track though no like a track to the right place in terms of distribution of not that. at all it okay, needs it needs to have what what needs absolutely to happen for the playlist to remain healthy playlist wise you need two basically two separate incentives you need to shower everybody with loot with the regular loot in the lower cards and on the whole card right tokens um that maybe both have both bounties reward loot um and let them earn it with losses i don't care what you need to do is then have adept weapons and have i don't know what you would do about the armor either higher stats like you said or even masterwork materials drop from the chest and let's say you, you get flawless the chest opens like in the sundial i thought about that and you can choose what role you want to try from from an adept weapon right because I don't know if this is what I outlined so far is perfect, but what you need to do to stop low card farming is basically make it irrelevant to good players. They don't want the tokens. They don't want to turn the tokens in at at Saint Fourteen. They all they care about is the adept weapons, right? That that's the only way you will ever fix this because I don't see. I, I if you in the current system right now, I, so many players dropped out because I mean you get one token for a win. I don't think even you get one if you lose the first game. There's players who want to get better. They get nothing for it. It's worse than Trials of the Nine. 
So the and, only, and I think we're, the on, the, we're on the proverbial we're on the proverbial yellow brick road in terms of fixing what needs to be done in terms of our buildup and giving people that don't necessarily get the flawless like Weezy's saying. But what I'm trying to advocate really is just the people that do, and if the the people that don't regularly do get that lucky opportunity to get there once or twice a weekend, that that drop whether it's an armor piece, yes, adept. Absolutely. It should be adept, but that armor piece is where I'm more specifically lobbying for because I, I can tell you, I remember taking one card and that armor piece was God awful. Like I said, sub 60 and just, you know, I, obviously you can't have any control on where those numbers fall, but at least, at least it has to be somewhere in the high, mid, low to mid high sixties, in my opinion. If you zoom out, though, the armor won't matter anymore because you will have uh, the, um, what is it called? The transmog system, right? If we zoom out to 30,000 feet, you have to keep in mind that this won't be enough to keep players from low card farming because uh, they will just, you know, they will have high stat armor from anywhere and they'll just earn, have to earn it once and can transmog it, right? Well, uh, so that's where I would... Go you on, will sorry. go for guns. Yeah, no worries. You will go for guns and you need to make everybody who farms this right for long term the people who are good they you have to make them want to go flawless all the time you it, it, you have to make this other part of the loot irrelevant only if you separate the two you will be able to make a decent enough loot incentives for players who just lose yeah i i also think wheezy just put something in the discord that's it, it like immediately changed my mind about something I've been saying. I actually think they should get rid of tokens. And I think because you don't want people going to the tower to spend the tokens, you want people to stay in the playlist. So what you should do is what he said, like you get the guaranteed drops at three, five and seven. And then after that, for the rest of the weekend, those are random end game drops, no matter if you win or lose. And that just keeps people playing. You're just constantly playing. It's like when we played iron banner and we knew we could get clever dragons periodically. We just played iron banner. Cause that's what we wanted. It, it, it increased uh, player base activity. Get rid of tokens. We don't want people getting tokens and feeling like it's like this tiny little measurement of reward that then they have to take to the tower. The other thing I think that, that, that we have to say here is if you want people going flawless and you do remove tokens, then the flawless chest needs to really, really, as 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 Lightleap is saying, it needs to make the other gear just irrelevant to you. It's better, it's adept, it's cooler looking, uh, ornamentation, uh, maybe you get one drop and you get to pick one as well, like as your loot pool gets unlocked for trials, it's kind of like um, the end of Sundial. Yeah, because that was something that uh, Astacross said. You know, just let us pick. Let's get to the end and pick. And I, I actually really agree with that. Um, and then you got to do something for the people that eventually are going to have all the adept guns and the god rolls that they want. I think this is where ornamentation comes in. I think you have to have, you know, like flawless runs. Maybe there would be a form of a currency, an ornamentation currency, where every so many flawless runs, you can buy an ornament for a weapon again just that that extra push to be like you there's no reason because look at what people did for the scarab emblem i mean if you make something that's that takes a long time to get or is rare or takes a lot of grinding and a lot of flawless you know you get people off the bottom half of the card i i agree with with both of you and i'm actually agreeing and reading with everything wheezy's saying i just i feel like that what wh i guess maybe what i'm ask, asking or advocating and lobbying for i don't know if you guys maybe are are that plagued by it but like I said, if let's say we do this sundial system, which I love, by the way, and Season of Dawn, I have to say, was my absolute favorite and 
along with the fact that it was my first introduction to meeting and listening to you. But that whole system of going in there once a week and being able to pick what you wanted in terms of, you know, heavy kinetic or energy, it mitigated a lot of pain for people having in the pinnacle grind and, and especially of getting the heavy. So now let's say we fast forward to the new trial system and they implement that system in the flawless. Let's say you guys pick a piece of armor that week. Do you have an expectation to, of that stat roll number to be at a minimum? Yes. I what think, is that? Uh, it shouldn't. It should. It should be uh, sixty-two or higher, sixty-three or higher. I it did. Okay. Same for same for raids. Uh, there, there should be no question that that at that point, it's a it's end game adept gear. The question should be stat distribution, not stat total. Like that shouldn't even Good. be a question at that point. Yeah, and that's really all I'm trying to say because, like I said, I. I've gone, I, I have a few under my belt. And like I said, there's been so many times after that first initial drop and I'm getting something random and the random roll is just so bad compared to what I'm getting out of Saint. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yep. a problem. That was a problem with, uh, the pit of heresy. Like you're, you're literally getting a fully masterwork piece of armor and it's base stats like 48. Like that's gotta, I don't even know how that, how did that slip through? Like, what was that? It, it, I don't know. I think the Dreambane armor was had a low pre- propensity because you could grind for it at the lectern and it messed it up, maybe? I don't know. I think they should... Honestly, what I, what I don't like about the current armor system is also that um, all these numbers in between that don't make it matter. I think you could easily make it that um, let's say regular loot, like the bottom rung is... Four, like Get rid of the the single digits, right? Just make it one, 10, 20, just make it 1, 2, 3, 4... And then raids drop oh. like six. And uh, so you always have one tier more, right? It's an obvious difference. I kind of feel like this, these distributions, they're, first of all, overly complicated. Second of all, they might not even do anything. Like a 65 can easily still compete with a 55 if it's badly distributed. So it would be super cool if, let's say, like the bottom rung drops in the world are like a four. And then, so basically, you only gain one, four tiers on random stats. And then five is maybe like the higher tier and then raids and end game activities drop six, right? And then maybe Masterwork adds, adds one. I don't know. I don't think that would break it. It would make the system more simple in my opinion and uh, make the incentivization more clear. Uh, yeah. Going off another tangent. You're, you're setting an expectation pretty much like how we are though. It's just like we, we expect something to be higher. Whether or not you want it to come in, in the way that you described or in the way that right, we right. have currently, we still have an expectation for that flawless piece of item or that grandmaster drop, what have you. Like we, it's it sixty-three, sixty-five for a legendary piece. Uh, uh, exotic 68 like if, if any if anything lower than that it's just it feels like I wasted my time and it's 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 really it's really not a good feeling especially when you, you put as many hours you you do into this it's just I've been trying to find pieces of armor and trials this season to replace what I found last season and worthy and just I'm just 48s and 52s and I'm just I feel it's it's really bad the other the other thing to think about here too is I think they need to change stats to percentage so a, a 59 is not the same as a 50 like in in your stat totals is what I mean so a 59 yeah. recovery should not be equal to a 50 recovery I think I think that's stupid to have agreed 
sometimes I've added it up and it's like I have 20 dead points, you know, 20, 20, 20 total stat points that are literally dead and doing nothing. Um, <clears throat> I think they should go to a percentage system. If they don't go to a percentage system, then stat distribution should be either a five or a 10. So when you get a stat roll armor and it's a 65, it should be distributed in fives, tens, and 15s. So does that make sense? So whatever... No, 100%. Yeah, so whatever combination 100%. of armor you're wearing, you don't have these weird totals. It's either a 50 yeah. or a 60. And if it's a 55, you know you only need five points somewhere on some piece of armor to, to, to distribute differently. Like either, either harden the distribution to be more rigid, five tens and 15s, or give me a percentage so 89 is not equal to eight. That's just a tier eight. Like that's just so... I, so dumb. No, I, I agree with because I feel like if you have like 49 intellect, I think if just that one little one point bump, you shave off like 15 to 16 seconds of your super. And that's that's a pretty hefty amount considering just one little stat point. So I, I, I agree. I feel like they have maybe some sort of way in terms of uh, changing into a, uh, a percentage model of uh, of uh, of armor. They would have to make the matter though for that. For example, resilience. I mean, there is a like the only resilience that I found useful is the the sixty threshold, and that enables, or basically, you you can survive, uh, one, two crit, one body shot from Thorn. Yeah. Right. Thorn needs three crits. So I've, unless so, ahead. there's these weird thresholds. They need to revamp these stats, anyways. Recovery, res- recovery is the most obvious, but mobility. Yeah. It needs to have some impact if they do it percentage wise otherwise and that's hard for a crucible i mean obviously i hope they can separate the balancing but at least in pve i should feel a difference between 150 recovery right yeah the, what we outlined was at tiers seven eight nine and ten each one would give you an intrinsic um Minor, minor, major, and boss resist. You would get at seven, eight, nine, and then ten would add concussive dampener. So you'd get those intrinsically on your build if you spec into resilience. Um, that would at least give you some incentive to be like, "Oh, this is a really high resilience build, but I'm getting minor and major spec resistance intrinsically on my build. I don't have to spend mods on that." Um, that's that's the direction I would go. I would say similar things for. Uh, mobility on a Titan and a Warlock should give you something intrinsic. It should give you something intrinsic. It should give you something traction maybe or something. I don't know. That's just off the top of my head. I'm, th- I'm trying to think of mobility perks. Um, maybe at a certain tier of mobility, you get fastball intrinsically. Or you see what I'm saying? Like there, there are there are mobility and resilience. They do. They're just. It's so hard to care. It's like ah, in PVE, what's this going to do for me? I would say add tiers of intrinsic so if you do decide to spec into mobility or resilience you're getting a benefit because there are there are some pieces of armor that you get and you're like oh this is going to bump me to tier six or seven resilience or tier six or seven mobility and if you're a warlock or a titan you're kind of like eh. i mean you kind of care on a titan but you kind of don't i mean your barrier isn't that great unless you're in really hard content and you need it as often as possible and it's un- I don't want to say unfortunate to be a Titan, but it's it's weird to be a Titan right now because I feel like as as a hunter, you pretty much know what you're doing. It's typically uh, if you know if, in a PvP stance or even in some cases a PvE stance, you're typically going a recovery intellect, and you know as a hunter, you'll go mobility as well. But as a Titan, you don't see a lot of people max out resilience. They were just they're they're doing as as Light says, they'll hit like 60, and then they'll be content in terms of getting the maximum outcome of what 
uh, that value will give to them. Because I, if I'm not mistaken, I believe people have told me that if you go to max resilience, you, you're basically it's minimal in terms of what you're getting. It's like fractions in terms of uh, survivability. Uh, it's like a reverse head seeker. Yeah, on some guns. That which which is which is you know which is crazy. I would expect that if you're playing that class and that class is designated stat, it, it should intrinsically help you more than you know compare. Like a if a warlock does recovery, obviously recovery helps everybody. The rec warlock recovery is you know they they know to max that out. Uh, most hunters will max out mobility. They, you know there should be more incentive for a titan to go resilience. I, I actually yeah. would completely divorce their class abilities from mobility, resilience, and recovery because I don't think it's fair that warlocks get to double dip on the most important like stat in the game. Um, arguably the most important. I think there should be a class ability stat that you can invest in and spec into, and that's another stat on armor, and that's another thing you can mod into. D just rip it out because it's... It, it's I just think it's really unfair for for warlocks I mean it's not unfair like a huge deal but it's like they they get to constantly get their rifts back by investing in recovery like everybody's investing in recovery like nobody's not investing in recovery so it's True. like an automatic bump that they always get on their class ability regen I would just say give us a class ability uh, stat that can be specced into and made better if that really matters to you so then as a hunter, if I want my nine-second cooldown worm husk build, I it's costly. I've got to spec into that. I can't just run high mobility and powerful friends. Um, I would need to actually spec into it, which would then affect other aspects of my build. There's that trade pain. Now I'm actually feeling the pain of if I really want that nine-second cooldown, I'm going to have to trade other things. My discipline and intellect are going to go down. That's going to affect grenade regen. That's going to affect how strong I feel. I'm going to try to find maybe a happy medium and, and not go tier 10 on my class ability regen for worm husk nine second, you know, healing all the time. Um, I don't know. I think they could, they could just take the simplest solution I see. I don't know if it's simple in coding, so maybe some coder will crucify me for this, but um, I would just uh, say that the highest of these three will be the tier of your class ability as a first solution. You know, so if you reach, if let's say you have 80 mobility, 30 resilience, and then 100 recovery, even as a as a hunter, your class and class ability will still have the 100 tier 100, basically. That's that's what I would do to keep it fair. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I'll, uh, I'll I'll uh, use this uh, I'll use this second because I'm looking at the time. You're probably getting ready to want to. <laughs> start repeat theater so yeah, i'll just go ahead late. and use this second yeah i'm just gonna use this second just to, to close out the thoughts and uh uh talk about the future um you know we're, we're still waiting on information i'm still uh we're excited to see what uh could happen from the swab today um i feel like we're, we're overdue for information on anti-cheat we're overdue for information on the sandbox so it's just uh ears to the floor at this point and then we'll have obviously greater discussions with more content to uh to delve into but um i'm happy to hear that you're being given second thoughts on another program on another program starting up that you've had and had much success with so uh looking forward to the future bro yeah you all forgot this is my show now we can keep on talking forever <laughs> <laughs> yeah you guys can just keep on going because i'll just leave right. uh, <laughs> oh thanks so much that was fun yeah that uh, was thank you so much
Yeah, thank you guys. Uh, for those of you that are listening elsewhere, uh, the Rageous Roundtable is basically going to return, you know, uh, TBD. Uh, we've got some ideas of people that are going to join as hosts as well. Uh, 30 and So Gaming will be rejoining me, and the gentleman you heard talking today will likely be joining me as well as hosts. Uh, we're going to think through how to do all that with maybe doing question and answer and VIP call-ins as a part of Rageous Roundtable as well for those of you that support the channel in a direct way. We greatly appreciate that. If you're like, man, that was cool. I'd love to call and discuss that with Lono. You need to be a VIP tier to do that. It is something that we do as a follow-up to Q&A. To submit questions to Q&A in written form, you only need to be a tier one member. So if you want to join, click the join button or use the Patreon, whichever is best for you. And uh, if you're listening or watching this in all the other locations where it hits, please like, share, and subscribe.